This is the Clinician to Clinician podcast. I'm your host, Lara Eflund, licensed independent clinical social worker with over 15 years of experience in the mental health field. Clinician to Clinician is a place where mental health clinicians, therapists, or counselors share their professional stories, successes, challenges, and insights. As clinicians, our professional work is rarely public. We want to change that and build a more transparent, supportive, and honest community. Hello, brilliant clinicians, and welcome back. We are on season two of the podcast, Clinician to Clinician. I am your host, Lara Eflund, licensed independent clinical social worker and certified eating disorder specialist and supervisor. And I'm so excited to jump start our new year. Our first year was just incredible. And I feel so grateful for all the episodes and interviews and guests and topics that we were able to support. We are getting downloads and support from others. So please share us with those other clinicians or others out there who are even considering going into mental health. Um, If you have a comment or you want to post us on your social media, please let us know. Also, if you're interested in being a guest um, here at the Clinician to Clinician podcast, we focused on giving back to our community of other clinicians and others who are interested in mental health. And so if you are someone who is practicing, who have been in the field for a while, have a story that you would like to share, please let me know. And you can check us out at my website, www.cliniciandevelopmentcollective.com. So As I said in my last solo podcast, I wanted to go in deeper this year on our values as an organization and why we chose these values and what it really means, you know, as we are growing as clinicians, as we are learning about ourselves as individuals. Heck, I know I'm learning a lot. And as my own personal growth, I really am super excited for 2023 and the things that, you know, I have made changes in my life. Um, both, you know, professionally and personally that are super exciting for me, but also the relationships that I'm building in the collective, you know, with other clinicians and their development, which is why I named it clinician development. So anyway, I am, I'm super excited to dive deeper into what makes us us and what our values and mission are and is. So today's, you know, main topic is going to be the value of honesty. I wanted to kick off this new year with honesty as the value because it is actually very hard to do, in my opinion. I think honesty is an art form. It requires not only respect for ourselves, but others. It also requires lots of reflection, lots of effort, and a time for us to really grow and get to know what it is that we need, what others need, what works, what doesn't work when we are honest communicators. And I also feel that honesty is a vital value in Clinician Development Collective. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about why it's a vital value and why it's such a huge part of what we do every day working with clinicians. So I am a clinician, leader, mentor, 
And I find that being honest and being, you know, consistently honest is a difficult pursuit um, because it is not only in words, but also in actions. And I think what we can often struggle with is finding the right balance between being open and honest while still maintaining our relationships or while still growing or pursuing our goals or um, the things that we are, we're hoping to set out and, and achieve. So it takes a lot of effort for us to stay true to ourselves while also considering how our words may affect others. And we must take time, lots and lots of time to think about what we want to say and when is the best time for us to share it. And honesty is, you know, at the core of our values because it enables us to cultivate trusting relationships that catalyze, catalyze on its own development and growth, especially when we are focusing on trust and that we're building trust within that honesty. I actually had a really interesting conversation with one of my supervisees and she just shared with me, I I just really appreciate your honesty and your willingness to challenge me. Um, I also had a client that I am their clinician and also sharing the same thing, that their growth had come from honesty, from feeling as though someone A, really saw them and also was able to give them really clear instruction as to what that looks like to grow and to, you know, to try it differently. And that when they did work on it and when they did apply those changes or when they did apply the things that we were working on, they felt this sense of pride, this sense of strength that they were actually moving forward. And I think that ultimately is the goal through honest communication is that we're helping others and ourselves move forward. So something when I kind of reflect back on honesty and why I chose it as as a vital value, I love that, is because being honest takes tremendous effort and self-discipline. So I feel that the mindful pursuit of honesty just already commands respect. It commands time. It commands patience. It commands persistence. You know that we are continuously working towards being honest with ourselves and with others. And we'll be, you know, we'll be talking about, well, what is honesty actually? And how do you become honest? And how do you practice the value of honesty? And we'll definitely go into that. But I just want to say, honesty is not about being blunt, in my opinion. Okay. I believe that honesty is not about being blunt or disregarding the relationship or just saying your opinion as though it were fact. But instead, honesty is an art form in the sense that you are choosing to share something that you have witnessed enough to see that it is a pattern or it's something that there could be a barrier or there could be information missing um, that you have taken the time to really get to understand what it is that you could share or observe to someone else or to yourself that would help that movement forward, right? That we are building something together and that there's pieces that we're adding along the way. And those pieces, I feel, I believe, require honesty. 
So honesty has its own rewards. It allows us to be closer, to build strength, um, community, help us feel seen and heard and also respected. And when we are authentic in our communication, it actually helps us feel as though self-respect is also growing and we're feeling closer to ourselves and, and as though we're, we're taking care of ourselves, which is a really wonderful, wonderful feeling to have. And furthermore, honesty enables us to stay safe. Safety is within honesty, I believe as well. And that in order to remain safe, we have to be honest about what our boundaries are, what the parameters are, and so forth. And also when we hear the boundaries from others or when we hear what the limitations are from others, that also builds safety, a sense of, you know, a child actually likes to know what it is that they can or cannot do. So then they can also feel safe within the context of that relationship. So honesty is difficult, but necessary as a value for a clinician, a leader, or a supervisor. So let me give you some examples as to like, what does honesty look like as a clinician? So as a clinician, when you think about honesty, I want you to think about setting boundaries. So boundaries can be included in the framework of what it is that you are when you're working, when you're not working, when you're available to answer phones or respond to emails or so forth. Boundaries can come in so many forms. It can come in time. It can come in the relationship, what you're willing to share about yourself, what you're not willing to share. You know, that boundaries really do then allow us to then communicate. Communicating the boundaries is honest. Also then reinforcing the boundaries when that happens and using clear communication and respectful and kind communication when those boundaries need to be reinforced. Stating what you really can do versus what you want to do. Oh my gosh, I am going to admit it. This one is really hard for me. I am someone who wants to do stuff. I want to be there for others. I want to be involved. I am a seeker. I seek out new ideas, new thoughts, new people, um, new experiences. And so I have lots of wants. However, I have to be very, very careful because I cannot do it all. So I have to be really aware of what I can do and what's realistic for me, and when I need to say no and set that boundary and be honest in my communication and really share, you know, that unfortunately I'm so excited and honored that you you asked me. However, I am not available at this time, or that's just not within my my expertise, or it's not something that I could do right now, but I would love to circle back with you later. Really important and also very hard to do. Sharing your concerns is honest. What concerns do I have as a clinician with my client? What concerns do I have within the family dynamic? What is it that I am seeing playing out that I have concerns could impact the patient, the client, the family, you know, the caregiver, so forth? What is happening in this moment that is building concern for me? I also need to be thoughtful about when to communicate that because honesty is not just about reacting, 
right? It's a response, a response to the situation that's thought out, that you really have come to see that there's no other alternative or that this concern needs to be addressed or shared in order to then be problem solved. Another one is naming our ethical obligations, regulations, and laws related to our practice. As clinicians, we absolutely need to be very, very clear on what it is that we are required to do. Mandated reporting, um, working within a particular state and the regulations of that state. If you offer virtual versus in-person, there are different regulations and laws that you need to be following. And those require honest communication about them. Another one is identifying the issues that are maintaining the client's problem or disorder. If you're starting to see that there are mechanisms that are really maintaining the client's concerns or issues that brought them to treatment, and if we continue to not identify those or not target them or bring them into the room, that in itself can reduce the growth and ability for the client to actually work on what what it is that they are there for, or also decide that that doesn't feel possible for them or they're not ready or so forth. They need that honest communication though, to really see their choices and their decisions um, moving forward. And the last is that I'm going to share is sharing when you are not equipped or an expert in the area in which your client is coming to you. Um, And so this actually comes up a lot within supervision or consultation, even myself as a clinician, you know, wanting to help those that come to us. And we absolutely, you know, there are so many people that we can help. And there are at times where we will have clients that come across our initial schedules or in our intake appointments, and we're still getting to know them. And then they actually bring up a particular issue. So some issues in which we may want to reconsider whether or not we have the training or expertise or ability to really support a client through would be trauma, eating disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, psychosis, looking at ADHD, um, looking at substance use, or couples counseling, or, you know, things that really do require more in-depth training around. And it's not as though we can't do brief treatment or work on goals or identify the skills that we are comfortable with. There are lots of things that you can still offer the client. However, if they have a full-blown diagnosis of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, we would want them to find someone who as training in an evidence-based treatment for PTSD. And this is where, you know, these specialties are where the brilliance lies, you know, within all of us as clinicians, that what is it that we want to specialize in? How do we want to grow as expertise? And we want to be honest with ourselves about that. And that, you know, when we're first starting out as clinicians, there's lots of things that we're going to be getting to know or that we're going to be learning about or that we may actually have supervision or consultation around when we're learning a new treatment. That's fantastic as long as we have that secondary support. However, on our own, my opinion and my belief is that we actually want to wait until we, we are equipped and trained in order to really manage the case um, individually or independently. 
And some ideas that I you know, just wanted to kind of throw out there, if you're a leader or a mentor and you're someone out there and you're kind of thinking about you know, honesty as a leader or mentor, it really is such a brilliant, brilliant skill to hone. And honesty as a leader and as a supervisor is something that really is kind of that next level art form because you are constantly helping someone prune the way that their their craft, their understanding, their competence, and their ability to then actually take what they're learning and apply it and build expertise and competence over time. So we want to use lots of honesty as a supervisor or leader to really help the whole collective be building in their skill set and building in their competency to ultimately become better professionals. Um, and, and that really takes a high level of honesty. And so that's why it's a huge cornerstone for Clinician Development Collective when we're offering supervision and consultation for our clinicians is because without that key ingredient, where, where do we find the opportunity to grow? So again, what are some topics in which we're, we're being honest about sharing our boundaries or concerns within the, the performance or issues that are coming up within the clinical care, identifying areas that you see um, the supervisee or the employee having strength. That's, I mean, that is a great honesty point. They have all these wonderful strengths and there's also going to be some critical um, pieces around their weak points or improvement points, their growth points, however you want to refer to them. And that's where it would be just so great to balance using some strengths to then balance out some of these more, um, you know, growth improvement spots. So some things that we may even really need to be honest around that ensure the safety of the of the client or the you know whatever the employee is doing um, within their profession. So, so for instance, honesty around quality of documentation, their clinical judgment, their ability to navigate some of these difficult crossroads, or um, empathy. You know how they're coming across in their empathy or their ability to really work with the case and the emotions or the things that are coming up for them. And the last is identifying your own comfort with particular clinical conundrums or crossroads. You know, that it is also important for us. You know, I love this. There's, there's a quote um, that I learned through a training that I did for leadership and this clinical conundrum and crossroads as a leader or supervisor can actually be very difficult um, for others around you and change the, the quality or the temperature of everyone else around you if we do not do our own, our own reflection on our reactions, our emotions. Um, as a leader or supervisor, we are thermostats rather than thermometers. We are someone that actually can regulate the temperature of the room when we use this skill or this strength to our benefit and to our team's benefit. And so we want to do a lot of our own reflection around the things that we are challenged by or that we are struggled with so that we can then learn how to regulate ourselves when faced with more heated situations. So overall, I hope that, you know, 
listening to some of these topics today in honesty in ways as clinicians or supervisors or mentors or leaders that we can really bring honesty to the relationship. I feel like honesty is an amazing asset in building professionals and building relationships with um, those around us. Any way in which we want to improve or build upon, honesty is a great and key ingredient. And so things that you can do to kind of remain honest in your words and actions is take time, take that time to identify your boundaries, review your professional regulations and ethics, seek support when you're uncertain or feel concerned about something um, and you just want to bounce it off or have somebody else also validate where, you know, what your instincts are telling you. Work on improving your communication skills through trainings, reading, and consultation. And identify what barriers you face when it comes to being honest in your life, such as time management, boundaries, overhelping, um, undercharging. What is it that you're noticing is kind of a theme that keeps coming up for you around being honest and being, you know, really kind of transparent in your communication or what it is that you're capable of or your limitations? And really, you know, we can just continue to grow and grow um, around our skill set and our practice of this value of honesty, which is such an awesome pursuit, in my opinion. And so, something that, you know, my hope for you all is just to continue to think about honesty as a value. You know, here at Clinician Development Collective, we continue to think about honesty and how to use it as an asset. And a professional development tool, you know, to really help um, individuals grow and thrive, you know, through that honest communication within their relationship, the professional relationship that we're cultivating, and also what it is that we really can, you know, offer others and areas in which we can support someone and so forth. So join me Next time, my next solo podcast is going to be about the importance of learning. So doing a little deeper dive in our professional growth through curiosity and learning and taking on, you know, new experiences, new information, new areas that we could actually expand our knowledge of our practice and our profession. And so thank you so much for joining. If you are interested in learning more, please do check out the cliniciandevelopmentcollective.com. Also, we are um, we have a new pod opening up for clinical supervision. If you are interested, please check us out. Um, we have great supervisors. We have great trainings that are available to you on the web on demand for a low cost. And we also keep up with our blogs or newsletters. We've got lots of ways for you to stay connected, informed, engaged in everything that is mental health for you as a clinician, for your development, growth, and support. Thank you all and have a great rest of your January. Happy New Year from the Clinician Development Collective. Take care. Clinicians learning from one another are unshakable and unstoppable. Build confidence, competence, and compassion through storytelling and hearing from other clinicians' personal experience and professional journey to becoming where they are today. This podcast is sponsored by the Clinician Development Collective, 
a place where clinicians can receive clinical supervision, consultation, training, and support. Come check us out at www.clinicianddevelopmentcollective.com. Thank you.